It's episode 84 of the Keto for Women show. You're listening to the Keto for Women show. This podcast provides the tools you need to create your own expression of a healthy ketogenic lifestyle so you can stop obsessing and start living. I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. Now, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back. Thanks, as always, for joining me on this episode of Keto for Women. We have a really good episode coming at you, just something that I've been really into lately that I decided it was time to share with all of you what I've been doing for my gut that may also help you with your gut. And we hear about guts a lot these days, but we're going to take a different turn here on this episode and talk about something very specific. So looking forward to that. As far as announcements go, not a whole lot. I am actually getting ready to travel for the most amount of time I have since I was in, I think, seventh grade. I'm heading to Hawaii for three weeks to work. I'm fortunate enough, as most of you know, to have a business that is 100% online. And so that means I can work from anywhere. And I decided that this year, I did last year too, I guess, traveling to Spain and working there, but decided this year to go somewhere tropical during the worst weeks of weather in Colorado here. It's cold and wintry, but then there's still so much more winter coming. So you have no light at the end of the tunnel. And this is the time that I decided to just jet somewhere warm and tropical and work from there instead. So I'll be doing that traveling for three weeks and you'll see a bunch of posts and I'll actually even be doing a blog post when I get home all about my travels to Hawaii, how I stayed healthy, how I stayed keto, what I did, what I didn't do, where I ate, where I didn't eat, even my workouts while I was away without my normal gym routine. You'll find out all about that over on my social media channels, Sean Miner on Instagram and Sean Miner Health on Facebook definitely for sure more information coming in the stories. I am a storier more than a poster these days, as you probably noticed if you do watch my stories. But if you're interested at all in what I'm doing in Hawaii for three weeks and how I'm making it work and staying healthy and doing all the good fun stuff while also working, that'll be the biggest challenge I think is balancing that, then make sure to check me out over there. That also means that I have some great episodes coming at you while I'm gone that are pre-recorded. So I just want to put it out there right now. I won't be recording from Hawaii. I want to. Trust me, I, I much prefer to have these episodes air as close to real time as I can. I want to record them quickly and get them right to you. It just seems more appropriate and more real life that way. But I can't travel with everything I need for three weeks and my mic and everything I need for recording a podcast. So I can't do it, unfortunately, but you'll have some great episodes, some really good guests coming up, a few Keto Hot Seat episodes too while I'm away. So don't worry, you'll be taken care of. And then I'll make sure to do a recap episode along with that blog post as soon as I get home. So you'll know everything that did happen there, how it went, how it is to be keto in a tropical location and all that good stuff. 
I will tease you and tell you that while I'm there, I will be working on a very specific project for all of you that I'm really excited about, you're going to be really excited about, and it's going to be as close to free as I can possibly get it. So I'd say under $15, just really, really good information that you'll have at your fingertips. I cannot wait for that. And I really just feel like I need to be in this place that will spark my creativity for this project for all of you. So you can look forward to that and I'll keep you posted on what that is and when it will be available in the next probably month or so. Before we move on with the show, I just want to remind you all about the new Keto Starter Packs from Artisana Organics, who is a wonderful sponsor of the Keto for Women show and helping bring this episode to air for you all. Artisana Organics is the nut butter brand. They are using all raw organic nuts sourced from farms with just the best practices, really taking care of their employees. And this is something that is a big deal in the nut industry, probably something you don't know about, but there is a lot of malpractice going on in the nut farms all over the world. And so Artisana has made it a point to find the best practicing farms out there, really taking care of their employees and sourcing their organic raw nuts from those farms. And the thing is, that's all they're using in their nut butters, especially their coconut butter, their almond butter, their pecan butter, walnut butter. It's just nuts. There's nothing else in it. There's no weird oils. There's no added sugar. And that is something that is hard to find when you're out shopping for nut butters. And if you're anything like me, I rely on my nut butter packets, my coconut butter packets as my snacks, whether I'm on the go or I'm working from home and I just don't feel like cooking up something. I just want something simple and quick, I'm going for those Artisana Nut Butter Packs. I highly recommend you do the same. You will not be disappointed. I'm about to leave for three weeks in Hawaii, and I'm going to be taking all the nut butter because it is the one thing that is easy to take, easy to pack, satisfying, satiating. I know I can put that in my backpack. I can take it on the plane. I can take it with me on hikes while I'm in Hawaii, and it will be the perfect snack. As I mentioned, right now they are doing a keto starter kit, which you definitely want to get your hands on if you haven't already. It is a packet that contains two coconut butter jars, two raw almond butter bars, and packets of each, packets of that raw almond and raw coconut butter for you to take with you on the go. You definitely want to get your hands on this, and because Artisana Organics are so awesome, they're giving you 15% off your first order over on their website at artisanaorganics.com. That's A-R-T-I-S-A-N-A organics.com. Use the coupon code KETO, the number four women for 15% off your order. Go ahead and get that keto starter kit. I also got to tell you the cashew butter is the best. It's basically frosting if you're keto. It tastes just like frosting when you haven't had something sweet for a while. You will love it as a special treat. Once again, Artisana Organics, 15% off using coupon code KETO, the number four women. All right, let's get into today's topic, which like I mentioned is about gut health and more specifically, if 
and when we should use resistant starch in our keto diet. This is a question I have gotten surprisingly often within the keto community, which I say surprisingly, although I'm glad that it is being asked so often. I just wasn't expecting this type of question, but I'm glad because that means that you all are really concerned about your gut health. You want to have the best things going on in your gut as possible, and you understand the importance of having a really good, strong gut and good microbiome in order to actually maintain your health, like be healthy, stay healthy, prevent disease, just everything that we know the gut to do for us. And we're learning more and more each day. And I know that some of you are probably like, gosh, we have to talk about the gut again, because I talk about it a lot here. I know a lot of other practitioners who have podcasts or blogs or courses, they talk about the gut often too. And it does get a little bit redundant to some degree, but at the same time, there's so much information coming out about the gut. Like I said, more and more, every single day, more and more studies being done. And just we're realizing how important it is. And we've known this for a long time, but just the information that keeps coming out just really drives that home and makes it so that, yeah, we all do need to talk about the gut a lot and we all need to learn about the gut a lot so that we can be the healthiest version of ourselves. And for me, that's the most important thing I do here on the podcast for you is teach you how to become the healthiest version of yourself possible. That's the whole goal here. I hope that's why you're listening to the Keto for Women show today and all the other times you've listened I want that for you, and I want to show you how to do that. So today, yes, we're talking about the gut. Some of this you may know, some of this you may not know. It's always good to have this reminder. It's always good to go back and make sure you're doing the right things for your gut to see how it's going and to see what else you may need to do in order to optimize your gut health. So that's what we're going to do today. Now, it is a very specific topic talking about resistant starch. Because this is something that I have learned quite a bit about, but now also something that I've added to my life personally, and it's made a really big difference. It's been really a great change to my health, to my routine, to my digestion, and now something I want to make sure that you all consider for your health as well. So here's my story. I obviously have two autoimmune diseases. I've always had issues with my gut. One of my autoimmune diseases is ulcerative colitis, which shows up as major, major digestive issues. I've had that going on for years and years, and I've been able to heal this. I've been able to put my autoimmune diseases into remission. I've had really normal bowel movements and normal digestion for a few years now, and it's great, but it's like one of those things where you always need to keep it in the back of your mind. It's not like, oh, I'm now pooping regularly and I don't have gas and bloating after my meals. Everything's great. I'm going to forget about the probiotics I've been taking, forget about the fermented foods I've been eating, go back to my normal life and it will stay. That's not how it works. It's one of those 
parts of our bodies that constantly need support and love and just thought. Like you have to keep it on the forefront of your mind to make sure that it stays that way. So you heal your gut and then there's a lot of maintenance to be done to keep it that way. I hate to say it, but it's true. You've got to really continue to do the work to maintain that status quo in your gut and potentially get it even better. So that's where I've been at the past few years. I've been taking the probiotics that I love, eating fermented food almost every single day, making sure that I stay away from foods that I'm sensitive to or or don't enjoy eating or know that it disrupts my microbiome like grains and gluten and dairy and those kinds of things. And then my partner came into my life and has some digestive issues as well and has for a really long time. And so we started kind of a new protocol to help her out. And one of those things was adding in resistant starch along with camel milk kefir. I know that sounds kind of weird. I'm sure probably some of you have heard of camel milk. It is a really good source of bacteria, good bacteria for our gut, especially when you turn it into kefir, which so you're basically fermenting that milk, turning it into kefir and drinking it that way. We happen to have a local farm that does this here in Boulder. It's actually out the next town over and decided to try this along with our resistant starch. And I have to say for her and for me, who was already doing pretty well, she's seen some major improvements. I've seen some major improvements even from where I was at, which I already thought I was doing good. And then this came along and I'm doing even better. I really just love it. And I think a lot of it is the camel milk kefir for sure, but I think it's also a lot to do with the resistant starch. Now, as far as the camel milk goes, I'm not going to talk a lot about it because I know a lot of you won't even have access to it or don't want to drink it, want to find a more available source. So I won't go into it a whole lot, but I will say, and honestly, I don't really know exactly why this is quite yet, but my partner is very lactose intolerant and can handle camel milk kefir just fine. She cannot be anywhere near, even things like ghee will make her have a reaction, but camel milk kefir, totally fine. It's crazy. I am not exactly sure the mechanism behind that, but it's really great. And it really is working for both of us, like I said. But I do think a really big reason behind that is not just the camel milk, but because we're pairing it with resistant starch. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, the first thing before we even get into that resistant starch, what it is, who should do it, what it does for you, what are the sources, I want to talk about why we care. And I think most of you know this by now. This is going to be a reminder. It's going to hopefully kick you in the rear if you're not already taking care of your microbiome to do something about it. Our microbiome, which I kind of think of as the whole colony of bacteria we have in our gut which can be both good bacteria and bad pathogenic bacteria. This whole colony, they all live together in our gut. They are responsible for our overall health in, you know, really blanket terms for basically everything, mental health, skin health, your immune system, your inflammation, if you have autoimmune conditions, if you have food sensitivities, joint pain, cognitive issues, just like a whole host. Honestly, if you have any sort of health issue that seems to be chronic, isn't going away, 
and maybe doesn't seem to have an answer or a solution or where it came from, you're not getting any of these questions answered, there's a really good chance it started in your gut or at least has something to do with your gut health. So this is how important it is to really take a look at your microbiome and make sure you are supporting it every single day. We also need a strong microbiome to be able to digest fats. And obviously, we are keto women, so we are eating more fats than perhaps we have earlier in our lives, good healthy fat sources. We need to be able to digest those in order to get into ketosis, to stay in ketosis, but also get the benefits from those healthy fats, be able to break them down into fatty acids, which are needed for so many functions in our body, and also to transport our fat-soluble vitamins like vitamin A, D, E, and K, which are extremely important vitamins. We have to be able to break down those fats in order to transport those vitamins to where we need them most. Having a strong microbiome also helps you break down other foods and and provide the enzymes to break down foods so that you're actually getting these micronutrients from your food, which we talk about here on Keto for Women so much. The importance of having a nourishing diet full of macro and micronutrients in order to be a balanced, healthy woman. If you're not breaking them down, it doesn't really matter. You can eat all the kale, all the spinach, all the cauliflower, all the broccoli, and it won't make a difference because you're not actually breaking it down. So having that strong microbiome helps with breaking down all your food. It also manufactures B vitamins, which are imperative to our health overall, but specifically our mood, our mental health. Really important to get those neurotransmitters built, which B vitamins will do. And here's one that will really get a lot of you Our microbiome is responsible for our weight being a stable, healthy weight for our bodies and our metabolic capacity. So there's a lot of people out there listening that have this damaged metabolism now through past dieting and calorie restriction and all these things that we're trying now to work our way out of. And one of the best ways to do that is to also work on your gut health because your gut health is responsible for keeping that metabolic rate sustained and getting it to a place that's right for your body. So that's for a lot of women right there, enough to start paying attention. And then lastly, a strong and well-fed, keep those words in mind, well-fed microbiome creates a large supply of short chain fatty acids, which are imperative for good gut health and also just for overall energy and vitality throughout your entire body. So you all may know of a short chain fatty acid called butyrate. We've heard about that a lot in the keto community for good reason. It decreases leaky gut. It keeps your brain healthy. It increases this neurotrophic factor, which basically is the maintenance and creation of new healthy nerve cells, specifically in your brain, which is why it's so great to kind of spark and ignite that mental power that maybe you've been lacking in previous diets. So butyrate is well known in the keto community, but it's a super important short chain fatty acid that only is built when your microbiome is strong and fed. So that's the thing. We need to feed our microbiome. Now, here's the good thing. We are keto, and keto is already great for our microbiome. Just by being keto, we're increasing the type 
and abundance of beneficial bacteria in the gut. Also, keto is known to decrease these problematic strains that may be living in our gut too that cause inflammation, immune system issues, food sensitivities, even GI upset like gas, bloating, diarrhea, constipation. This has been studied and proven that just being in ketosis does this for us. So we're already well on our way to creating this strong microbiome by switching out our diet. And not only that, we're also cutting out foods that harm good gut bacteria, like sugar, obviously, processed foods, rancid oils. We're eliminating things like grains and gluten, beans, legumes, just naturally by eating a ketogenic diet. And those foods are known to damage your intestinal lining, cause leaky gut, all the things that can really cause huge impacts on the rest of our health because our gut health has been impacted. We're also eating more fats and eating more fats, especially a good variety of healthy fats, which you know I all promote, getting that variety of fat sources. That means you'll have a diet rich in omega-3s. Omega-3s are good for the diversity of your microbiome. It helps those good guys stick around longer. So once we've built this good microbiome, it helps them stay by having this nice abundance of omega-3s in your ketogenic diet. Now, the thing is, we're doing all this great stuff for our bodies and our digestive systems and our gut and our microbiome by being in a ketogenic state, but we're not feeding those good gut bacteria that we're creating, so it's not staying this nice, robust system. We're constantly having to work at it, work at it, work at it in order to keep these guys sticking around, so we want these awesome, nice, healthy, good gut bacteria, but we want them to stay there. And in order to do that, you have to make sure they are supported and you have to make sure they are fed. So now it gets into how do we feed these microbiomes? So we're doing a really good job of having them there. I'll give you some other tips, ways to make sure you have this nice abundant source of good gut bacteria coming in, but how do we feed them once they're there so they stick around a little longer? This is where prebiotic fibers come in. So prebiotic fibers, you can think of them as kind of the food that your good gut bacteria will use to make these short chain fatty acids that we need to support the rest of our gut health as well as the rest of our body. And you can get prebiotic fiber pretty easily in a, a small form, say small amounts from the food you're eating, onions, garlic, leeks, bananas, they all have some prebiotic fiber. Even some greens in small quantities have prebiotic fiber, but it isn't often enough to feed all of the good gut bacteria that we now have and we want to support. So the best and most potent form of prebiotic fibers are resistant starches. So resistant starches are pretty much just what they sound like. They are resistant to digestion. You are not going to break it down in your stomach like you do other foods. It's going to bypass that whole system and wait till it gets to the colon to be digested by your gut bacteria. So it's completely resistant to digestion, and that means it also doesn't affect your blood sugar levels, and in fact, will help you improve your blood sugar and your insulin sensitivity, which we'll talk about when we talk about some of the benefits of this. 
Before we move on with today's topic, I want to remind you all to get your hands on some Four Sigmatic. It is the perfect thing for this time of year. They are all these really nice, warming beverages that are also super healing for your body. They use real magic mushrooms. They have functional purposes. These mushrooms, I'm sure you've heard of things like lion's mane, chaga, and cordyceps in this holistic health space we're in, and for good reason. These functional mushrooms work to increase your energy, decrease your stress levels, increase your brain power, and just make you feel alert and alive and with lower stress. Hello, we all need that, don't we? I think we do. And Four Sigmatic has done it. They use these mushrooms in things like coffee, tea, hot cacaos, and elixirs. So you get all of these benefits with things you're already consuming daily, and they don't taste like mushrooms. They taste like the coffee, the teas, the hot cocos you're used to drinking in a really healthy form. Even better, they come in single serving packets so you can take them on the go. They even have K-cup coffee pods for all you Keurig users. They've really thought of everything. I want to spotlight one of my new favorite products from Four Sigmatic, the Reishi Elixir. It contains 1,500 milligrams of Reishi mushroom. Reishi mushroom is one of the most studied mushrooms shown to activate sleep cycles. So you can take this elixir, drink one packet, one hour before bed. You can add in some nut milk, some heavy cream, blend it with coconut oil or butter, make it into this fatty, warm beverage before bed, and you will support your body's natural sleep cycles. I know this is a huge issue for a lot of you women out there. You want help with your sleep, and Four Sigmatic has done it with their Rishi Elixir. I think you should try it. Go ahead, go over to foursigmatic.com slash Sean, S-H-A-W-N. I think you all know that, but just in case, and you will get 15% off that order. You can try the Rishi Elixir. I would try the mushroom coffee if I were you. It's delicious. And so is the chai latte. So, so good for these cold winter days that we're having now. I cannot recommend these products enough. Forsigmatic.com slash Sean. That's F-O-U-R. Sigmatic, S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash Sean and get 15% off your order just because you are a KFW listener. Thank you so much to Four Sigmatic for bringing this show to life today. So there you go. There's the punchline of this whole episode. That's all you really need to know. But let's actually go back because I want to really dive into some of the health benefits of including resistant starch along with your sources of good gut bugs so that you can understand how to make this all work for you and why you want to. So here's the little list I put together of what adding resistant starch to your diet can do for you. First of all, it will increase the absorption of vitamins and minerals. So we just said that about having this strong microbiome. Well, if you have a strong microbiome that you're feeding with this resistant starch, that's just going to enhance even further this absorption of vitamins and minerals that you may or may not be getting from your diet, no matter how nutrient dense it is. 
Number two, it also decreases the absorption of toxins. We've talked about toxins so much on this Keto for Women show, and it's like I'm pretty sure every guest I've had on the show has also talked about toxins. It is a very prevalent thing today that unfortunately there's just no way really to get around toxin exposure entirely, but even to minimize it is hard these days. But if we can decrease the absorption of it by focusing on our gut health, well, that's a huge step in the right direction too. Like I mentioned, it helps with insulin sensitivity and it lowers your overall blood glucose levels. This has been shown in studies when you are eating resistant starch and you are feeding your good gut bacteria. It's been shown to lower these glucose levels and improve insulin levels as well. So that might be even something that you all could test on yourselves, adding in the resistant starch along with a good source of probiotic and see if it does improve your blood glucose levels or your insulin levels over time. Of course, it's not going to be in like a week, but maybe in a month to three months, you would be able to see an improvement in those numbers while keeping everything else the same, still remaining keto, doing your keto thing, adding in this resistant starch. So that could be a fun test for you all to do on yourselves, perhaps. Also has been shown to lower cholesterol and triglyceride concentrations, which I know is something a lot of us are concerned about and working towards and making sure we're staying in a good spot with those numbers, our cholesterol readings and our triglyceride readings. Keto does great things for those, as we know, but we can also use our gut health and more specifically our microbiome to help us stay there, which would be great. And then lastly, the big one reduces fat storage when you are using resistant starch to feed your microbiome. Again, something that is like a huge desire for a lot of us and may be just the thing to get you all to take notice of this and try it out for yourselves. All right, now let's move on to how we do this, what it looks like, how we make this work. I personally am someone, of course, I'm a nutritionist. I will always go to the food sources first and try those out the most unadulterated, unprocessed way to get these resistant starches. Here are some options for you. You can do cooked and cooled oats, rice, or potatoes. Again, you're hearing this and you're like, oh my God, those foods are so not keto. (laughs) But remember, when they have resistant starch in them, that takes the carbohydrate level to a totally different place where that resistant starch no longer affects your blood sugar, no longer gets digested, and you can basically negate it. It becomes a non-issue. It's kind of a similar concept in a way to net carbs versus total carbs and not counting fiber. It's not something I recommend doing. It's not something I do. I don't even recommend counting carbohydrates in that way. But you can think of it along the same lines as you also don't count, in air quotes, resistant starch either. Now, not something that is nearly as easy to measure. So this is another kind of argument for me to just not go by your macros so religiously and use your body instead to determine what works for you or not, because you're not going to be able to count your resistant starch or the carbs that aren't resistant starch in what you just ate. You can't measure it that easily. 
So just go by how you feel and know that you're doing really great things for your microbiome and really great things for your insulin sensitivity and your blood sugar and your cholesterol and your triglycerides. And don't worry about the numbers. Look at that. It's that easy. Anyway, back to these food types. So like I mentioned, cooked and cooled oats, rice, potatoes. My favorite, the one that I use are potatoes. I think it works really well for my body. It's a really good natural whole food source and it tastes good. I like the way potatoes taste, even if they are cooled. Same way with rice. Make sure if you are any of these that you're doing, that you're using organic sources, good high quality brands. Now, the thing is, you have to cool it. You can't just have cooked rice, cooked oats, cooked potatoes. You have to cook them and cool them. Now, you can, once they've been cooled, lightly heat them. So, you know, don't necessarily just put them in the microwave and get them super hot again. But maybe if you have a saucepan or something you can use to gently warm them again, it will keep the resistant starch intact and you can still have a warm-ish potato, put some butter or ghee on it, and it's really, really delicious. And again, not affecting your blood sugar the way that a regular potato would be, like a baked potato or mashed potatoes, something like that. So really great way to be able to get in some carbohydrate sources again and have it not affect your blood sugar. You can also use soaked and heated beans and legumes. Again, not something that is keto, not something that's paleo or real food based if you are coming from that kind of world, but nonetheless does work as far as resistant starch. Again, make sure you are getting really good organic high quality sources and see how that works for you. The easiest one, in my opinion, and kind of best tasting besides the cooked and cooled potatoes with butter would be a green banana. So easy to find usually, and usually the ones that people don't want, (laughs) those bananas at the grocery store that are pretty darn green. They also taste really good, especially if you're used to being keto and, and not having sugary or sweet flavored things, then a green banana tastes really sweet. You can put some nut butter on it, some coconut butter, and it tastes good. It's a really good snack. And again, not going to affect your blood sugar. Now, if you are super insulin resistant or diabetic, the best form right now for you would be raw potato starch. You can get it. It's Bob's Red Mill. Get it at the natural health food store and it comes in a little bag. You have to drink it cold. You basically use the powder, put it in some water, don't heat it and just chug away. Now, I recommend that for people that would potentially, even if there is a food that is mostly resistant starch, because they are so sensitive to carbohydrates, they may not tolerate this small amount of digestible carbohydrates wouldn't be necessarily good for their blood sugar, which is going to be a very small amount of people because it's going to be a very small amount of digestible, usable carbohydrate in those foods. Maybe best to go this route, but it's not fun. It doesn't taste good. I'm not going to lie. It's not going to be the greatest thing, but eventually as this starts helping you and your microbiome and that blood sugar and insulin sensitivity, then you may be able to go over to these green bananas or cooked and cooled oats, something like that. Now, here's how to incorporate it for you. First of all, we're all going to want to start pretty small. I would say a couple bites of potato or rice or beans, maybe half of a green banana, along with some sort of food that contains a probiotic source. So fermented veggies are great, obviously sauerkraut, 
fermented beets, fermented carrots. You will find these in, again, the health food store in the refrigerated section. So they will not be canned. Canned sauerkraut is not a good source of probiotic, but so look for those sources not in cans. That will be your best bet. Also, you can do kombucha, which I know is kind of poo-pooed a lot in the keto community. And I understand why, because a lot of them do have some really high sugar levels. But there are also plenty of brands that have low sugar levels too. You just have to turn the bottle around and look at the sugar content. You should be able to find some that are around five to six grams of sugar and I only recommend drinking a quarter of the bottle at a time, especially when you're doing this resistant starch with it. You, that will be plenty. So then that breaks it down to be, you know, one to two grams of sugar per serving. But the good health impacts on your gut well cover that and make it well worth it to go ahead with that little bit of sugar. You can also go the route that I took and get into some yogurt or kefir. Again, make sure you are getting a good high quality source. Make sure there's not added sugar in any of that, which is quite often the case for yogurt. If you don't tolerate dairy, you can look for coconut options. You can go camel milk like me. It's totally up to you, but there are a lot of options in that way too. And of course, there are also supplemental supports too. Probiotics, they're huge out there, huge, huge market of probiotics. And unfortunately, they are not regulated in any way. So very hard to find a good brand. If you found one that you like, that you notice a difference, cool, that's great. The only thing I will say is that we really want to work on the diversity of our good gut bacteria. And the best way to do that is to rotate through your probiotics. There are a few brands that I really like. I listed them in my supplement recommendations back in episode, I think it was like 18 or something along those lines. If you haven't gotten that PDF, make sure you download that. I also am a supplier of the Mega Sporebiotic, which you can only get through practitioners who work with them. But as of now, I'm only supplying that through my Good Gut Project. So you may be able to find a practitioner in your area who could get you that. It's a great, great, great probiotic. Highly recommend it. And actually, you know what I'll do? I'll send out my best recommendations for probiotics in an email. So it'll be coming out probably this week or next. If you're listening to this when it airs, it'll be late January. We'll get that out to you all. So make sure you're on my newsletter list. You can do that over on my website. And we'll also add a link in the show notes to get you on that. That's always the best way to get information to you all of like links and things I actually have to tell you so you don't have to write it down. So if you're not on that list, you are missing out. Go ahead and get on that and I'll make sure to send that all to you. Okay, so we're adding in a small amount of resistant starch, I would say even a few times a week to start, maybe two or three times a week, you're having that half of a green banana, or that few bites, maybe a half a cup of cooled potato, you're doing that, but you're also every single day making sure you're supporting that good gut microbiome. So you're adding in the probiotic food sources, you're adding in your supplemental probiotics, you're taking care of all that, you're doing both together. You're also keto, so you're already working on that just by your diet. You've taken out the sugar, you've taken out the processed foods, the rancid oils, all that good stuff. You're in a really good spot. Now we start looking for 
cues that it's working. So for me, it was having an even more regular bowel movement schedule, which I know this is getting TMI for some of you. I talk about poop all the time, so it really doesn't even phase me. But that's a really good way to tell that it's working and especially the quality of your stool, making sure it's really formed is easy to pass, doesn't float, sinks to the bottom, is a good solid brown color, no food in the stool. All that is a really good sign that this is working. Also, not having GI issues after eating, not feeling bloated and gassy, not having constipation or diarrhea or stomach ache, those kinds of things after eating or just like anytime is also really important to just not feel that all that often. I mean, if you get a little gassy after you have some broccoli or cauliflower or something that we know is pretty hard to digest, that's totally fine. It's more so having this bloating that comes with pretty foul smelling gas after you eat. That's when we would get concerned and that's what we should see potentially reverse or become non-existent hopefully after doing this resistant starch with probiotic combination for some time while being keto. Now, as with anything, you can't just do one thing for your health change and expect it to work. It's always a combination of multiple things. So we're doing the probiotic sources, we're doing the resistant starch, we're making sure we have high quality foods. You cannot eat foods that contain antibiotics, pesticides, these denatured oils I've talked about, random things like gums and fibers and alcohol and things like that that your body does recognize. If you have sensitivities to foods that you know about are personal to you, making sure to stay away from those. That is really important for your gut health as well. You also need to have food diversity. You need to be eating the rainbow. You need to be eating different cuts of meat. You need to be cooking your foods in different ways. You need to be getting a variety of fats, things we talk about a lot here, but that's going to provide the different nutrients you need to support your digestion, like potassium, magnesium, zinc, chloride. All of these are really important micronutrients for your digestion. So we also need to be doing that to improve our gut health. And while the list could go on and on about other things you need to be doing to support your gut health, along with the resistant starch tactic, the only other one I'm going to say today is stress. You've got to reduce and eliminate unnecessary stress in order to actually have a great gut. It doesn't seem like it should be connected, but it is so tightly connected that it's just something I have to bring up. We talk about stress in every single episode, I'm pretty sure, but we have to talk about it again because it is just as important to really focus on where your stress is coming from and how you can tone that down, reframe it, have it not affect you in the same way in order to have a truly healthy gut. So those are just a few things I had to mention just in case you're trying the probiotics, you're trying the resistant starch, and things aren't going well for you still digestively. I want to give you some more things to play around with. I want to remind you that it's never just one thing. It's always a combination of as many things as you can consider for that particular health issue. So there you go. Just that reminder. All right, so to wrap it up, I just want to, I guess, remind you, again, I know I kind of spoiled the big surprise in the middle of this episode, I want to remind you that resistant starch 
isn't starch and doesn't act like carbohydrates. So it may seem weird to eat potatoes or eat a banana and still be in ketosis, still be called keto if that's your thing. Again, I'm using air quotes, but it really, really can actually enhance your health, your keto diet, and what your keto diet is doing for you by adding in these carbohydrate sources because they're not actually acting like carbs in your body. They are doing good things. They are passing through your digestive system all the way to your colon and being used as food for your good gut bugs. So totally different thing. And that means that you can stay in ketosis and eat carbs, but they're just a specific kind of carb. It's a different kind of source than you're used to. It's not the cookies and the cake and the chips. It's cooled potatoes and cooled rice, right? Just a little bit different. Nothing wrong with that. But if you truly want to help your metabolic rate, increase your insulin sensitivity, regulate your blood sugar, and just feel really good and feel balanced and vibrant and well, this is a really good place to start and something to really take seriously. So I hope you all give it a try. It's something, like I said, I just started adding a few months ago. I've had really great success. I think you will too. I think you're going to really like this new routine if you give it a try. And if you do, make sure to let me know. I'd love to see how it's working for you. So make sure you reach out over on Instagram or Facebook. Keep me posted on how it's going. I'd love to hear your stories. And this will wrap up today's solo episode. Thank you so much for listening and learning with me, trying new things, being open-minded, and just being really focused on your health, not just your diet. It's about so much more as we know here as Keto for Womeners. So happy to have you along for the journey. If you're enjoying the show, make sure to head over to iTunes and let me know over there by leaving a review. I love to see them. I love to read them. It means so, so much to me, and it is the way to get this information into other women's ears, which it is a very, very big time for keto right now. As you've seen probably all over the place, keto is exploding and for good reason. And we want to make sure that everyone who's trying keto right now is doing so in the right way for their bodies, not causing more damage, as I know a lot of you here have possibly done in the past when trying keto on your own. So please make sure to let those women know that there are these resources out there. And the best way to do so is by leaving a review, letting others know, sharing the information. If there's a episode that really resonated with you, share it on your socials or to your friends or whatever works for you. I absolutely love seeing that. So thank you all so much for all the love and support the past few weeks and actually past few years. Let's just go all the way back there. You all are so awesome. I love you all. And I will see you next week with a keto hot seat episode. Thank you. Bye-bye.